Hey guys, once again, jumping back in here, a dose of hope episode episode for you guys in the Choose Recovery podcast. So this particular dose of hope episode is from one of the residents at Freedom House, and his name is Doug, and you're going to hear from him this morning, so, or what I say this morning for, or this afternoon, or this evening, or whenever you're tuned in. So check it out, Dose of Hope with Doug. This is a Dose of Hope, a weekly radio program brought to you by Freedom House in Soldotna, Alaska. On a Dose of Hope, we share the stories of Alaskans who were bound by addictions, but have found a way to break those chains, and now they are living free. So we hope you enjoy today's broadcast, and right now we'll send it to our host, Jennifer Waller. Hello, everybody. It's so good to be back with you on the airwaves across this beautiful state of Alaska. It is a crisp winter morning out there, and I am just so thankful that God woke us up again. He put breath into our lungs. He put a new song in my heart, and I am just so excited to bring you guys a dose of hope today. And so throughout the weeks, we talk about um, we talk about some real hard stuff on this radio show. This isn't your everyday typical talk show. This is about Holy Spirit radically changing and transforming and renewing and restoring death to life. And it's such an honor and privilege to get to bring another testimony to you guys today. But typically you'll hear us talk about mental health awareness because we know how important that is to everybody inside the church, outside the church, all around us, in our neighborhoods and communities. And so we talk about the stuff that doesn't really get talked about. We talk about drug and alcohol addiction and awareness and prevention. Um, And we just like to talk about the real stuff that people are facing every day. And so we hope that today's testimony encourages you and challenges you and gives you hope to um, either continue to reach out or to continue your prayers. Maybe you have a loved one that is in the grips of addiction And a lot of you have probably heard my personal testimony. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol for almost 10 years, 10 dark, long years where the enemy just had my soul and just had control over me. And I just was a slave to sin. And then it was one glorious morning when Jesus Christ visited my rehab bedroom. I had been to three inpatient rehabs. I had overdosed many times, been to the hospital, tried to take my life. And God saved me, wasn't done with me yet. And I have been able to walk in victorious freedom from drug and alcohol addiction for over 13 years. But I didn't get here overnight. I got to 13 years, one day at a time, one minute at a time, one second at a time. So I just want to encourage those of you out there. I had so many loved ones praying for me that never gave up on me, even when They would pray for me, I'd start doing good, and then I'd fall back off on my face and start robbing or stealing or using again. And they kept praying for me. And so that's what I want to encourage you today. If you know someone struggling in addiction, pray for them. Don't quit praying for them. The Bible says the words of words of the right the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And I believe that. And so keep praying for them. And if you are currently in addiction and you just happen to be hearing this radio talk show. It's not a coincidence that you're listening. 
God is pursuing you. He loves you. He created you for a purpose. And I just want you to reach out today. If you want to reach out, we work here at Freedom House in Soldatna, which you'll hear a little bit more about at the end of our show. But our phone number is 907-260-3733. You can call for prayer. You can call for resources. You can call and ask a question. You can call just to say, I don't even know where to start. And that's okay because whoever answers the phone will pray with you and will help you along the journey to freedom and recovery. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce to you today this kingdom warrior guy that I get to do life with here in Soldatna area. His name is Doug, and he's going to tell you his story. Hello. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Why don't you tell our listeners your story and what God has done in your life? Okay. Um, let's see. My name is Douglas Don Arshamble. Um, for those of you who love math, I was born around 356,640 hours ago. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Huh? Hours ago? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love it. 356,000 hours ago, Doug came into the world. Woo! Uh, my mom, Robin Dayton, and my dad was Donald Arshamble, who to this day I've still never met. Um... My mom and I moved around till I was about five, um, all over Oregon and Washington, and pretty soon she met my stepdad, Harry Samuel Johnson, who uh, actually, part of his recovery story was he quit bouncing at the bars in Anchorage and he rode the Alcan from Alaska to Oregon uh, on two horses and met my mom. Wow. In, awesome. in Amity, Oregon, where we were living. And uh, she was working at a convenience store, and he slid a quarter into her hand, and they fell in love, and they they taped that quarter to their wedding picture. That is so cool. That's my mom and dad. And um, actually, the earliest memory I have of my new dad was telling him that he wouldn't stick around, that he would be like all the rest that left. So, um, that statement from a six-year-old probably screams volume about my early childhood, maybe, but he stuck around. Um, we moved around constantly after that, around Oregon and Winchester Bay and all over the place, but I remember going to a new school, new schools, and like getting invited to a new friend's house right about the time when we were starting to pack for another destination. So it was always move, move, go, go. And uh, was your family running from something, or how come you guys moved so much? Um, Jobs, maybe. Yeah, or, just yeah. okay. Just chasing stability. Okay. I think. Yeah. My dad was born in Alaska, so. We wound up in Alaska because he loved Alaska. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we wound up in Alaska in, like, 1991. And, I mean, I did go to Kenai, K Beach, and Sterling Elementary in the first two years we were here. Okay, So it, wow. it still kind of moved around a little bit. But, <laughs> but I settled down in about sixth grade. 
Uh, Sterling Elementary, Mr. Weech class mm -hmm. with your sister. <laughs> yes, I'm a Sterling Elementary kid too, and my, he was in school with my sister, so it's awesome. <laughs> then uh, I did the school thing, you know, I did little track and field, high jump, wrestling, water polo, even concert choir. Mm -hmm. um, then started the partying thing. Um, sneaking out drinking, being brought home by cops in the middle of the night from, you know, racked up a few minor in consum consumption charges for alcohol. Mm. Uh, I ended up kicked out of my house when I was 16 due to my behavior, mainly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. That's when I really started drinking, and I pretty much had found a new family that always had a bottle in their hand mm. at that point, and uh, I kind of call that time of my life the, the still manageable experimental stage, because I mean, I, I, did, I still did have a, a steady job for like six, seven years of that time. And I was raising my girlfriend's two kids with her. And at that time was <laughs> only limiting my addiction to alcohol, weed, shrooms, acid, and crank. So I thought it was, you know, not that Manageable. bad. Manageable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for about 10 years. Wow. Um, but that... That was just a prelude to what was to come, I think. Um, so I broke up with that girlfriend, lost that family. That was, that was pretty hard. And I think I lost myself a little bit more. Um, after that, I abruptly found a new family in the form of a needle. Mm. Um, I started with IV meth and then IV oxys and a combination of the both and eventually landed with heroin. Soon I was selling to keep the habit going and was never not selling. Uh, I was just totally consumed. One, one track mind, you know, just. Yes. And I stayed away from my family. You know, I didn't want my mom to see me. Cause... And two years into this pattern, I get a phone call from my buddy. I answer the phone and he says, Doug, I found your dad on the porch. He, he's shot himself. He's dead. Apparently my mom had left my dad and he couldn't deal with that. And uh, I found it odd that on that day I found out I couldn't find any drugs to pacify mm, the pain. Wow. And now, though, uh, I kind of believe that that was God's attempt to shake me awake, mm -hmm. but I, I did not listen whatsoever. Sure. Um, soon after that came the cycles of homelessness, back to selling, rinse and repeat over and over for years. Um, I caught a couple, couple felonies for drug possession, did six months in Wildwood a couple times here and there, and uh, wound up on felony probation. But within an hour of me getting released out of jail, I would be on the internet searching 
the best methods to pass a UA. Okay. And uh, which would uh, probably explain why I got four probation violations. Yep. <laughs> so. Because the methods weren't working out. Huh? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Some of them probably did. For someone. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Not for you. Yeah. So that would be. Because that was God chasing you still. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, so that would be another 10 year cycle. I did that wow. for another 10 years yeah. homelessness. And, um, yeah, that was, I did that for a while. I mean, the last runner I had was probably five years before I got arrested. But uh, towards the end of that one, I get another phone call um, from my mom's new boyfriend. And he said, Doug, your mom's in the hospital and she's not going to make it. And uh, she had lymphoid cancer. She she went through chemo and radi- radiation and all that and went into remission. But of course, like I wasn't around for 90% of that. So that definitely piled onto the guilt and shame that was swirling around in my head. Um, you know, I couldn't bear the look at my mom's face when she saw me strung out. And, you know, the that mindset and choice of actions robbed me of the last 15 years of her life. Yeah. And uh, so I walked into the hospital, past family members I didn't recognize, to say I love you to my mom for the last time. Um, I walked out of the hospital uh, knowing that, you know, my mom would never see me sober. And also determined not to... not to feel pain on that scale again. So I pretty much was ready to embrace the numb that my addiction provided, like all in. After that, (laughs) after that, I kind of went crazy. I, I turned our, our, our family's homestead on Robinson loop. We had five acres and me and my dad had built a, couple of houses there his ended up being like four bedrooms nice property um outside lanai and everything fire pit and garages and um i completely transformed that place into a trap house Mm. i paid i paid off all the couches i ever surfed on by allowing whoever yeah. and anyone to show up. I moved in I moved in drug dealers from Anchorage out back. I was dealing to all the locals and that was for about a two year period before it got way out of hand. I was making trips to Anchorage for drugs and moving as many users in as I could find. Just complete absorption into my addictive behavior. Um, two years later, I was caught for, uh, smuggling drugs on a plane, trying to, the, the amount of drugs that just increased into levels that aren't, I mean, to keep up with everyone in my habit, it was insane. I mean, um, plus I had several controlled buys done on me, so, uh. Yeah, there I sat in Wildwood with uh, 
about 20 or 30 years worth of uh, Class A felonies. Wow. And uh, I don't, I don't, for me, since that's my story going to jail, I don't know if I could have stopped. I don't know if I would have stopped without that, without Wildwood helping me. Yeah, so I want to just pause here for a second and make an interjection because I know some of you are sitting in jail listening to this talk show because we get phone calls from you. Um, saying you heard us in jail and so I know people that personally jail has saved their lives and so I just want to encourage anyone that has a family member in jail or maybe you're in jail listening that let this be the start of the rest of your life's book and the rest of your journey like today is a new day the word says that God's mercies are new every single morning and great is his faithfulness And so even if you haven't been faithful, God has been faithful. His mercies are new. Your story can start over. Day one of the rest of your life can be today. And so that for Doug, too, was kind of his wake up, get him sober in jail, and thank God. So, Doug, tell us about starting from there and then go into where you're at now and how long you've got clean because it's I'm sitting next to a miracle. I'm so proud of this guy. Just love this guy as a brother to death. Well, I was laying there in DT3. Which is what for those of us? Like the drunk know. tank. Okay. The, the <laughs> drunk tank number three. Yeah, where they don't never turn off the lights and the movies suck. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I sat there and I guess I had I had fifty fifty thoughts. I was I was freaked out about how many years I was gonna have. I was freaked out about how bad the the detox was gonna be yeah. after after such a long time. But <laughs> my other thoughts were like I was so relieved, like I didn't have to wake up and worry about how to go find or schmooze or run around or whatever and just I was happy for the chance to like make a new identity for myself because I knew out there when I was doing that that wasn't who I wanted to be right but I didn't know any other way yeah and now being forced to uh, face that front on I mean that was the the pivotal point where all my bad decisions became consequences. Oh, there you go. So, I, I love mean, it. I was relieved, but it, it kind of went back and forth because I was, you know, up in the air. I don't know what's right. going to happen. Ah, right. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, it was, it was crazy. I, uh, I got moved into the other part. It, all of this was during COVID, like. Okay. COVID lockdown, COVID, COVID, no library, yeah. no nothing. So, like, I I wouldn't have had the opportunity to stop if I wouldn't have gone to jail, maybe. But I also wouldn't have got the chance to uh, have a Bible in front of me and want to read it if I didn't have 30 years Because I thought I had 30 years in jail, and I'm stuck in jail. We can't go to the library. What's the biggest book I can find to read? (laughs) And I was like, hey, Bible, let's do this. let's do it. And uh, after a couple couple days of reading that, I just 
I don't know, can't really explain it, but it just, uh, overwhelming calm came over me. Like, no matter what's gonna happen, it's just gonna happen, there's no stopping it, I'm good. And, uh, Proverbs really, really helped. Um, just reading in there, like, people needed to know like what was good and like what they were messing up on and how they could be better and for example like um I don't know which one it is but like as a dog returns to his vomit so a fool repeats his foolishness and I knew I didn't want to keep repeating my my addic- addictive conundrum right so little little pieces like that stuck out to me or uh the wicked one will be brought down by his own evil, but the righteous one will find refuge in his integrity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted my integrity back. Like, I didn't like who I, was act- who I was out there, how I was acting, how I was treating people, how I was not present for loved ones yes. at all, right. period. Right. It was just consumed in self-centered selfishness. I didn't like that. So... I just kept reading, kept reading, and um, I pretty much turned myself into a sponge. I tried to learn as much as I could about the brain and addiction and how it worked, and I read AA books and NA books and psychology books and philosophy books and spiritual books and more Bible the whole time. So how long were you in there? I was in there a year. I got a five, ended up only getting... Only getting <laughs> uh, five five years with two suspended. Okay. And so I did a year in there. Okay. And um, I established my own mental secret weapon. Which is? Which is, I think I've heard you say it too, which was... <laughs> okay. Um, well, I figured I would turn my resilience on how to get and maintain drug use into something healthy. Mm-hmm. So like as, as much oomph as I would exhibit to find drugs, that's how much oomph I was gonna exhibit in pursuing Health healthiness and, and yes. God and knowledge yeah. and trying to get into free, into a treatment centers and I was just going to go, go, go. Because it was already there. Right. I, I already had the... Drive and the passion. It was just yeah, all already, in the I already wrong had direction. The, <laughs> I already had the skill set. It was just... Yeah. My navigation was wrong. There you go. I love it. So, I mean... So, I, you got into a rehab. Yeah, I got... I got my GED in jail. Awesome. Got a job. Social Security card. And these are big things. Like, coming out of drug addiction, like a social security card or a birth certificate, like, that's not even... Adult stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I got into treatment. Um, I did nine months at Seaview in Seward. Highly recommended, Seaview. <laughs> yes, shout out. 522-5274. That's <laughs> um, the phone number. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I did, I did nine months there. I did... in inpatient i did outpatient i got a sponsor i worked the steps mm-hmm. i became 100 percent willing 
to do anything to be sober. I worked my resentment list. Um, I started making amends for the way I was acting while I was out there. Um, I've gotten back in touch with family members. Like four or five people I haven't talked to in years. My sister that was adopted out when she was born. I talk to her now all the time. And now I'm like a five, six time uncle. Awesome. I love it. Um, and then tell everyone where you're living now and what what this place has done and what you do around here. Oh, well, I'm at Freedom House for sure. I've been there like six and a half months, senior resident. And I can confidently and proudly say that that is my new family mm. instead of and uh yes i love it um the the opportunity for growth there and everyone there is in a good mood and happy to see you and uh i've i've kind of read about jesus's undeserved kindness that he shows us and i really see that for me, I see that through you guys treating me that way. Mm-hmm. And when when I get undeserved kind, kindness, it has me challenge my thoughts of, am I worth undeserved mm-hmm. kindness? And then when I challenge those thoughts, it breaks down my negative core beliefs about not being worthy. And so I, I questioned, I was like, maybe I am worthy. If all these people are happy right. to be around me for no reason. Right. <laughs> and Doug, I just have to insert right here. The joy, you guys, I know you can only hear us over the radio, but when Doug rock, walks into a room, he changes the atmosphere for the better. He just has this joy that radiates out of him. And I know that that's the living God inside of him. And it's just such an honor and privilege. He is our senior resident over at the men's house. Um, and we don't ever want him to leave, but we know that these guys and gals have to transition out onto their own. But he is just, he's doing the thing. He's doing it right. He's doing it with integrity. Like he said, he is a man of integrity today. Do we mess up in our journeys? Yes. But the key is going back, making amends, saying, you know what? I screwed up here asking for forgiveness and then moving on. He's got a full-time job. He's helping out around the the ministry. We do outreach trips to Anchorage, just spreading the good news. And so there is hope for anybody out there listening, wondering, I wonder if I could be like that someday. Doug, we got to wrap up the show here, but what, if you could say one thing to anyone out there that's listening that might feel hopeless, maybe they just tuned in, they didn't even catch your testimony, but what is one thing you would end your talk with today? Um, I don't think it's ever too late. I mean, if you just use what you got and aim it a different way, mm, I like towards it. a healthy way, um, I think everything will work out fine. Yes, you've got everything you need in front of you. And if you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, the word says, you will be Saved. Saved. Yeah, yeah. So this is Jen Waller down here in Soldatna with Doug. Um, you can request a copy of this if you missed it. We've got them archived. You can call our office if you need prayer or resources. The number is 907 260 3733. 
God bless everybody. Thanks, Jennifer. Again, that phone number is 907-260-3733. And you can find more information about Freedom House by visiting their website at freedomhouse907.com. Well, that will do it for this week's broadcast. We hope you will join us next week at this same time on this same radio station for A Dose of Hope.